Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. And welcome to this week's Geek Town Radio. We've got a slight change of plan this week, mainly due to the fact that I'm not feeling particularly well. Uh, so what we have coming up is an interview I did quite recently with um, an old friend of, of Geek Town. Uh, we, we interviewed him a number of times. Uh, it's Phil Eisler, who is the composer behind uh, Empire, the massive TV show that's running on E4, uh, which will be back later in the spring. He's also writes for Unreal, which goes out on on Living right now, um, and he of course wrote for uh, Revenge, which uh, was a huge hit for uh, for E4 over here as well. He's just scored a couple of, of movies, uh, one with Dakota Johnson and Rebel Wilson called How to Be Single. Um, he's working on a couple of new things. One is a is a uh, revamp of the uh, 70s cop show chips which i know a lot of the younger listeners won't know what that is but uh, but the older ones will be going wow that's really cool um and uh, there is a a uh, sci-fi epic film he's working on called the titan which stars sam worthington from avatar and uh, taylor schilling from orange is the new black so there's a number of projects he's working on right now um one of the ones that she's recently working on is a movie called Newtown. Um, this probably needs a bit more explanation over here than it would do if this was going out in the US. Um, Newtown was the location of Sandy Hook Elementary School, um, which if you follow the news, you'll be aware of Sandy Hook. It was um, where there was a mass shooting, which unfortunately they have quite a lot of in America. Uh, but this one in particular was horrendous. It was where um, 20 children between the ages of six and seven were shot and killed, uh, as well as six members of staff by a single lone gunman. Um, this isn't a film about gun control. It's a film about uh, the community in Newtown and how those families manage to um, pick up the pieces of their lives and put them back together afterwards. Uh, it was a film he got involved with because he's very passionate about gun control. I mean, he's he's English, uh, currently lives in L.A., has a four-year-old daughter, so obviously, you know, something like this is something uh, very close to his heart. He's um, So we talk quite a lot about Newtown. We talk a bit about the uh, new Chips movie that's coming up and uh, the Titan, which is this new film, as well as a bit about the TV shows about Empire and Revenge. Um, so 
this is the interview with Phil. Uh, I'll, I'll do a few air date updates for you at the end of this as well, because there's been quite a lot of changes and, and um, things being renewed and stuff this week. So hope you enjoy the interview with Phil. I'll see you afterwards. Hello. Hi, Phil. Hi, uh... How are you doing? Thank you so much for bearing with me. I'm sorry I've been... Uh, <laughs> it's so, all right. I'm just on this crazy schedule. Um, so so what's going on? Um, well, yeah, I, I've, uh, ha- how are things over there? Good. Um, insane, Busy. Busy. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I'm sort of, uh, you know, in the middle of a bunch of things. I just had a, f- a film come out um, called uh, How to Be Single, which was fun, really fun to do. Yeah. Uh, it was a new line movie. With, yeah, uh, Dakota Johnson and um, and uh, Rebel Wilson, who I think is absolutely hysterical. Yeah. Um, so that was you know that was really good fun to work on, and sort of the opposite of that was this Newtown project. I don't know if you heard anything about that, but that was kind of an unusual. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, how how'd you get involved with that? I, I know a little bit about it, but it's it's about the um, the sort of aftermath of the Sandy Hook shootings, isn't right. it? Yeah. yeah, which is is I mean, talk about one extreme to the other. <laughs> yeah, well, the th- it's it just you know, I I got involved sort of by accident. It, it just sort of g- guns in relation to this country is a subject that I'm, I suppose, very passionate about. Um, yeah, I think I was before I had a kid. Now, certainly since being a dad, it, it's. It's yeah. it's a big deal. It, it's about the country that my daughter was growing up in, you know. And yeah. um, so my friend Maria Cole was involved in a, a number of different sort of, I suppose, uh, efforts in the in the you know gun space. And uh, <clears throat> I had no idea she was making a movie. I just I called her up one day after the umpteenth shooting, you know. Yeah. Um, they seem to be weekly now, and um, yeah, it's crazy. And uh, and I just said, w- w- you know, how can I get involved? Because a lot of people I know who've been involved in that kind of stuff, like in the Brady campaign and in other things, we're, we're starting to th- sort of give up a little bit in the in the wake of in the three years following Sandy Hook, because yeah. their rationale, you know, I suppose in some ways rightly was if we don't do anything after a bunch of six-year-olds are massacred. Yeah, nothing's going to happen. Then the game's up. Yeah. And I just couldn't accept that because, you know, because I have a four-year-old kid. So yeah. to just sort of, you know, I mean, I, I understand how that would make you despondent, but, I, you know, I felt sort of newly energized to to try and be involved in something other than ranting on Facebook, which does exactly, you know. So yeah. it's just sort of, I feel like we've all sunk into a bit of a, a full sense of participation in life sometimes with social media, you know, yeah. we tweet something, we, we, uh, you know, we put something on Facebook or Instagram and it, and it doesn't, it, mm. you know, it doesn't do anything. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's some kind of a discussion, but not a whole lot. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so Maria came back with, well, yeah, it's funny you should say that, but I'm doing a movie about Newtown. Okay. And then, and then, and I, thought you know because it's funny you say you want to do something and then when you're confronted with the opportunity to really do something when you realize that you know it's really going to require a bit more than just an angry tweet here or there yeah and 
it's going to be emotionally involving. You kind of, you know, your first reaction is is probably the same reaction the rest of the country has when they hear about that, and they go, "Oh yeah, that's great, but I don't want anything to do with that." Yeah, and, and that's ultimately why I decided to do it because I think a lot of people will have that reaction to seeing the film. Yeah, I think this film really, really needs needs to be seen because it's first of all, it's a beautiful film. Um, yeah, but second of all, what I saw at Sundance. Um, where it premiered really convinced me that this this movie is everything I was hoping it's going to be in terms of sparking a new angle on the debate because it's not a very political film. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really about the it's really it's like you said it's about the aftermath. It's it's the business of grief in the long term. It's the long term cost of gun violence, and that's the sort of thing that you don't see on the news because it isn't you know it ain't sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the news don't want to show that stuff because mm-hmm. it, it's just too much for people, you know? Yeah. So I, I heard a lot of reactions to Sundance like, well, I'm scared to see your movie, to which I sort of formulated this standard <laughs> answer, which was, you should be scared. Yeah. Uh, but you should see it anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I just think it's that important. It's a, you know, I think it's one of the most important things facing this country, especially with an election. Yeah. No, I mean it, it is. It, it's crazy. I mean, um, Sandy Hook was was what uh, two thousand, yeah, three years ago. So, uh, and I mean, last year, twenty gun related in- incidents in school last year. Five already this year. Um, twenty in in America. Yeah, in America well, last lot year. More than that. Yeah, I mean, the, these were just ones that I, I believe. I, I'm, I'm sure there were, but I mean, th- those were just the the list of. Um, school shootings that I, I managed to pull off off Wikipedia, but yeah, I mean, I there were there were twenty. And, and that's that I not up, up to date. Year. I mean, there were literally more mass shootings last year, and by mass shootings, they qualify anything with, I think, four or more victims. Yeah, uh, there were more mass shootings last year than there were days of the year. Yeah, it, it's it's insane. You know, especially I mean, as as an English person as well, that that it, it must be very odd because it's absurd. Yeah, it's because. It, on, on every level, you know, but yeah. the thing is that what I'm, you know, I had the opportunity at Sundance to meet a lot of really interesting and, in, and, and incredible people that are involved in this debate um, because, first of all, I got to meet and actually spend a good amount of time with some of the the Newtown families uh, yeah. who, you know, I mean, quite aside from their resilience and their commitment to to making change and, and you know, um, yeah. and the, just the sheer fact that they have found the will to get out of bed in the morning and keep living. And quite aside from that, which yeah. in itself I think is is beyond words, really. Um, you know, they're just good people. They're, they're um, you know, I spent quite a lot of time with them Mark Barden is actually actually a great guitar player. He's a he's a you know a, a session yeah. guitarist. He's he's really great. I got to actually play with him a little bit. And they're just smart, articulate people, you know, yeah. who have made it their business. And and to you know to move this debate forward now, it's it's sort of you know as as one of them said to me, it it is how I get out of bed in the morning, um, which yeah. is why you know when I hear this about. Sandy Hook truthers, you know, who claim the whole thing was staged, and oh and those, you know people who are endorsing Donald Trump and who Donald Trump is welcoming with open arms. 
it makes me so nauseous. I, I can't. Yeah. I don't even know where to start with that. It, um, so, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I got to spend some time with them and I got to spend some time with, um, first of all, you know, my good friend Maria who produced the movie, whose husband is Kenneth Cole, right. who's long been involved in the, um, in the sort of gun control movement, I suppose you could call it. Um, Maria's family, obviously her father, um, uh, Mario Cuomo was, was long involved in, in the, um, in the fight against gun proliferation. So that they had some pretty unique perspectives on it. Um, And I also got to have dinner with, um, with Mark Kelly and Gabby Giffords, which was, Sort of a, you know, so you can imagine what that discussion was like. And it was probably the most human and reasoned conversation about guns that I've ever had in this country. Because it tends to be, you know, and I'm as much of a a part of this as anybody. It tends to be a very emotional debate and it's very hard to get emotional about it. Um, But... um, you know, there are certain elephants in the room in, in America that you're sort of not allowed to talk about. Yeah. Um, including getting rid of guns. It's just, that's just yeah. not even on the table. So it, yeah. you know, it, it's, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different ways that this debate is being sort of reframed as, as a public health crisis as, you know, lots of things. Yeah. Um, but the one thing you can't do in this country is tackle it head on because it's just, you know, it's, it, it's just so, built into this country's DNA that whether that happens one day or not, it's certainly not ready for it now. No. Well, I I remember, I think it was a a daily show. I can't remember whether it was straight after Sandy Hook or or whether it was one of the other ones that happened afterwards. And even President Obama at that point was was practically shrugging his shoulders and going, I'd love to do something about it. But was it the John Oliver segment about Australia? Did you see that? Uh, Yes. I think it may have been, it it may have been that. It was pretty incredible, you know, where he he went to Australia and he talked about what happened there in the wake of the Port Arthur shooting. Yeah. This is what happened or rather didn't happen here. Yeah. After, you know, which, of course, was one of, you know, many. And you Sandy Hook, Aurora, San Bernardino, the list is endless. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, it was pretty telling in a lot of ways because there was yeah. plenty of opposition in australia to getting rid of guns there was a very strong uh gun lobby in australia too and there were politicians that did kind of sacrifice their careers in order to get it done but it got done how many mass shootings since then mm. zero yeah i mean i i just that it, it's such an odd thing for, for somebody who sat the other side of the Atlantic where, where even the police force um, ha- have to have sort of special licenses to be able to carry their guns, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, well, there's good reasons for that. You know, I mean, the thing is, you yeah, exactly. get a gun basically with a driver's license in most places. Yeah. And there's no, re- there's no required training or anything. You need training no. to drive a car for sake. Yeah, you know. I mean, there was. I remember that just just how ludicrous it is when there was an incident where I think... A, a six-year-old child had, I think he'd shot his mother because he'd been in a handbag yeah. and she yeah. had a handgun and he'd, and, he'd and taken the, the thing is, out. that kind of thing, you know, that's so reported because it's so commonplace uh, yeah. on accidents. 
Um, yeah. You know, everyone's a good gun owner, quote unquote, until they're not. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and you know, the, there are a lot of very impassioned arguments about keeping guns for self-defense, you know, and, well, if the criminals can have guns, why shouldn't we and, and yeah. the rest of it? But the thing is, statistically, the likelihood that you're going to be hurt with the gun that you own, yeah, either accident, suicide, or somebody who you're trying to defend yourself against actually taking that gun off you and using it on you, are yeah. so much higher than yeah. you being able to defend yourself with that gun, especially if you've had no training. Yeah. You know, any any soldier or or cop will tell you that they train constantly, and if they've actually been in a situation where they have to shoot at a live human being, especially one who's shooting back, yeah, there's very little that prepares you for that. So, yeah. you know, there's just this sort of John Wayne mentality that, you know, if you have a gun on your hip, that you'd just be all right. And, you know, there's you hear things all the time. There were not a few months ago, you know, one of these... The, the, the debate here is always the good guy with the gun. There was a good guy with a gun that tried to stop a carjacking, yeah. shot the victim by accident in the head, killed <laughs> her, the carjacker got away, and he drove off. And, oh, my God. You know, there's stuff like that. It's like you hear stuff like that in the news every day here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the rhetoric is strong, and it's ultimately, I think, a lot of it is about money because the NRA basically owns yeah, the political process in this country to a to a large extent, uh, and yeah. not just the NRA gun groups. So, anyway, how do we get onto this? I thought we were music. <laughs> we were yes, you should yes, get we me were. started on this. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I it's it, it's it's a very kind of um, I mean, it's an interesting project to get involved with. Uh, yeah, did I, did I hear you got other people involved with with that um, that movie as, as well? You got other musicians. Yeah. Well, not just musicians. First of all, um, yeah, there was 17 composers in total. Wow. <laughs> and like herding cats. <laughs> actually, it was it was great. It, it, what was interesting was, you know, the first thought I had about that came about because I had so little time. And yeah. I wanted to be able to contribute to a project, but I was in between two movies and three TV shows or something. And it was, you know, just a, an insane yeah. time. So I thought, well, what about if I get some friends to help? But then that's snowballed into a much more creative conversation yeah. about the movie, which was, you know, I started thinking about it a little bit more. And I started thinking that, you know, the most important thing for this score was for it to be extremely humble in view of the, subject matter and the yeah and the people in the film and and that maybe my perspective on it my sole perspective on it wasn't enough yeah that that it, it you know it didn't deserve to be sort of one person's perspective it it, it you know so i sort of started thinking about this idea well what if you know it could be a film made by a community for a community yeah. Um, and you know, everybody that I called, I expected a lot of people to say they couldn't or wouldn't do it or whatever. So I, I always approached people very tentatively with a sort of a backdoor out. And I didn't yeah. want to coerce anybody into doing anything they didn't want to do. And, and the thing is, you know, nobody said no and everybody <laughs> just jumped on it. So I ended up with this huge group of insanely talented composers with this sort of, you know, list of crazy sort of group of A-list composers in, in Hollywood. <laughs> 
um, who all gave they, their time, their royalties for free. Wow. Um, and, you know, it was just, it was a very, very humbling experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I, I guess it, it's, it's, it's interesting because there, there obviously is a, a big appetite for, for people that want to get this message of gun control out there. Um, and, you know, that, as you said before, it just doesn't come across in the media. Um, it doesn't. And, you know, what I, I approach people without asking anything about their views on the subject. Yeah. Um, because ultimately it's not a film about gun control. You know, whatever no. I might think about gun control, the reality in this country is that this debate has gone nowhere yeah. in decades. Yeah. Because, and in part because of people like me on one side and the people who want to keep guns on the other. And, yeah. and there's been very little middle ground, especially because of the money involved. Um, but the the reality of it is that most Americans are in the middle somewhere. That's when, but you know, that's just yeah. life. Most life happens in the middle somewhere. It's <laughs> not on the fringes and the extremes. Yeah. You know, that's where most relationships happen, where most things happen yeah. through compromise. And I think this movie has a, a greater chance of spurring or, you know, facilitating a discussion between people than something that's sort of an advocacy movie yeah, uh, like a bowling for Columbine or whatever. I think there's absolutely a place for those films. Yeah, um, but this is not that film, and this film is really about bringing people together for debate. And I saw a lot of that already at Sundance. You know, the, the yeah. Q and A's were more like town halls, really. Yeah, um, where we had, you know, it was interesting because because of the subject, it was very tight. 
Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Otherwise, it's yeah. just shouting. And, and you know, <laughs> I mean, this stuff obviously inspires very passionate reactions on both sides. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, again, it's, you know, life is somewhere in the real life happens somewhere in the middle. Yeah. yeah um, no. And that's kind of, you know, I think this film has more of a chance of, of creating some genuine discussion out of that. And I think what's really cool about the film is that um, Maria and Kim Snyder, who directed the film, uh, are going to literally bring this film personally to every community around America and hold discussions afterwards. And that, there's something oh, wow. about what, you know, I would urge everybody to see this film for sure, but doubly so see it with an audience if you can, because there is something about the shared experience of watching that film with an audience and then discussing it that I think is, is, uh, is pretty incredible and has yeah. the, the, to, to create, you know, a very substantive debate. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, um, what, how it's likely to get released over here, assuming it, it comes I, over here? Oh yeah, but I know it's being talked about right now. Okay. Um, it's, it's sort of there in, in talks, I think, um, I couldn't tell you the details. I know that's happening. I know it's getting a, a release on PBS because Independent Lens co-founded right. the film. Okay. Um, and it has gotten into, you know, every festival you can imagine. It's after Sundance where it had its premiere. It's now, I, th I believe, next week or something. It's screening at South by Southwest. So right. if any of yeah. your listeners are going to South by, <laughs> um, please go check out the film. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm... I would be really interested in seeing it. So, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully it'll, it'll appear over here at, at some point, hopefully. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. Yeah. Um, just, just moving away from, from Newtown, um, you've been focused quite on TV the last few times we've spoken to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and you've got a number of films coming, coming up because you're, you're still doing, you're still doing Empire at the I moment. Am. Uh, which is halfway through its second season, so I'm assuming. Yeah, well, the, the, we're nearly done. Actually, it's it's. Okay. There's a lot of episodes in the can now, so that's that's Good. pretty much done for the season. But there is going to be a third season. I'm pleased to say. So that's yeah. Which I mean, it's a fantastic show, and I I, I love it. It, it. it it is it is basically like Dynasty with hip hop, but it's it's just that's, wonderfully. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what Lee always talked about. What he wanted. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it is totally that, and, and it's just brilliant. Um, so I, I really enjoy watching that. Um, you've got Unreal as well, which mm -hmm. uh, has just been picked up for a second season. or yep. was picked up they're shooting season. that right now, yeah. So you've got that to work on. Uh, are those the only TV shows at the moment? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's some pilots coming up, so there's probably nothing uh, in pilot should talk season, about just yet. Uh, yeah. Because you've got to wait to see if those things go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's some very good projects though yeah and uh you know there's a lot of good tv being made over here but um certainly uh you know i've been fortunate enough to be uh, doing a lot of film work at the moment so it's uh, yeah. you know was was that was that a conscious choice or was was it well, just it, i mean it I, always, came your way? You know, I, I came from film uh, yeah i started with film and then i just i just happened to, to get a couple of really lucky breaks in TV. Yeah. You never know what, how a project's going to do, regardless of whether it's good or not. It's, it's not up to you. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I was just fortunate enough to have a few really big hits. 
Yeah. So, so it's certainly um, sort of put me on the map TV wise. Um, and, and I guess that swept me up for a little while. Um, you know, and I'm still doing a lot of TV. I think there's so much good TV being made now that the lines between TV and film are, are really so blurred. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is very you know, true. The, the, it's, it's really, honestly, sometimes it's, it, it, it's, uh, there's really no difference. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are sort of technical and storytelling differences in the format. It also depends on whether you're talking about a network show with tons of commercial breaks or an hour-long HBO show or something. Yeah. Um, which is a bit more like scoring a film, you know. Yeah. Um, there are different approaches to things, you know, but ultimately you're still just telling a story. Yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly, you're talking about TV and film blurring. One of the projects you're working on for the film is is a conversion of a TV show. Yeah, it's um, which which I, I loved. I mean, there, there will be a lot of younger people listening to this that, that won't be aware of Chips at all, but I used to obsessively <laughs> yeah. watch that as a child. Um, it, yeah. it was a, a 70s TV show about uh, two California Highway Patrol motorbike officers. In, in tight trousers. In tight trousers, yes. Uh, and uh, the, the, this, this version's uh, Dak Shepard, who's starring and directing, uh-huh. uh, and Michael Pena, uh, yeah. who was, um, people will probably know from uh, Ant-Man. He, he was brilliant in Ant-Man. He's brilliant uh, in everything. Well, he is, yes. I mean, he's um, been in so many, so many cool movies, it's, it's you know, but uh, it's hard the, to count them. But, it, but he's, you know, he's a brilliant actor. What, yeah. What's great about Michael Pena is, is how he's, he goes between, like, really serious, solid drama yeah. to being genuinely funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the... The the reason I bring up Ant Man was because I happened to I, I watched it fairly recently, but he's the one that that tells the uh, the ridiculously long stories. He's a sidekick and one of the crew. And uh, when I was reading this and they said they cast him as Poncho, I was like, yes, that's completely the right person uh, for it. Yeah, and he's great. And, and um, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's a lot of lot of action scenes. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of music. Um, so. Um, have, have they have they updated it, or is it is it still being set back in the seventies? No. no, no, no. It's it's a it's a it's happening now. Okay. It's uh, so, it's very much updated, and you know, I can't tell you anything that hasn't been in the press already, and all of this yeah, stuff sure. public. So, you know, they're they're trying to make something that's, you know, it's certainly not kitschy the way that, yeah, you know, chips originally was. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's looking good. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I am quite looking forward to that because, as I say, I was a huge fan of the of the TV show. I noticed uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is is on the cast list for that as well. Oh, and he quintessential movie villain, man. He's, he's yeah, awesome. I, he was so amazing in Daredevil. Yeah. Um, just just brilliant. So um, yeah, that's. Do you know when that's coming out? Is it is next year? Sometime? I, I think it's probably somewhere at the end of the year, or maybe even next year. I'm not. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, you know, action movies are a big yeah they're a big a, endeavor. They they take a while. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to that. It, it, it's fantastic. The other one is uh, the Titan, which is yeah. a, a sci- sci-fi film. So that's kind of different again. Um, yeah, done- it's, it, it's a it's a brilliant script. Yeah, I'm still shooting that, so the, it's early days on that one. But um, you know, on both these films, I've sort of been fortunate to get involved early and start writing themes. 
um, very early on, which is unusual for me. I, you know, I often come in at the end and, and, you know, that's sometimes easier to see a film react yeah. and write for it. Yeah. Um, but it's a very different process when you're writing themes and you're collaborating with the director, you know, really early on and yeah. them ideas and they're actually, um, you know, having a back and forth with you. Yeah. Um, this early in the process. So yeah, it's been, it's been sort of pretty unique so far, but that's something I'm looking forward to, uh, a lot. Um, it's, uh, Sam Worthington and Taylor Schilling and Tom Hawkinson, yeah. who I think is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, great cast, great script. Yeah. Yeah. Should be, yeah. should be cool. Yeah. Should be really good. I, Taylor, Taylor Schilling is, uh, Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. Is that about right? Thinking about that, uh, Sam yeah. Worthington was Avatar. This film's gonna blow her up, man. I think she's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, that, I I looked at that and thought, well, that's that's kind of interesting because you know she's she's huge on the on the small screen, but this is this is kind of an interesting uh, step up for her. So, um, yeah. have you done much sci-fi stuff before? Is that sort of a new area? No, I haven't. Um, I've done a couple of things, you know, but not not really a full-on sci-fi movie. So it's you know. I'm always grateful when someone gives me the opportunity to do something I haven't done before because that's yeah. not the norm in Hollywood. In Hollywood, you tend to get hired for more and more of the same thing. And somehow, somehow I've just been fortunate enough to not get typecast. And I, I guess, you know, maybe it's because my work has sort of typically come from so many different places. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that I've sort of built up relationships and made friends with your directors who, you know, I mean, I literally I've just done comedy. I'm doing an action movie and then a, a sci-fi film, you know, yeah. and, and a documentary before that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm very, I feel very lucky that, you know, what I, I suppose what I tend to get hired for is not necessarily an orchestral score or a guitar score or whatever. It's a, it's about writing melodies and, and a sensibility of sort of how you, approach drama so you know how yeah. you orchestrate that with what instruments you orchestrate that isn't necessarily the the thing that matters so much yeah what yeah. you know what is nice is that i had a background in playing in bands and producing records yeah so um so sort of building th- orchestrating and building things up building music up in different ways is you know what i did before i started scoring films really yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you're you're um, you're fairly kind of widespread and and busy at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Yeah, uh, knock on wood. I've been <laughs> I've been very fortunate and um, lots of really cool projects on the horizon as well. Which you know it's too early to talk about, but the, yeah, you know, just um, I just feel lucky to to work on stuff that I get excited about. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean you. You've had, as you say, you had some great TV shows because, of course, Revenge, which which um, you know ran for was yeah. it five seasons that ran for before before yeah. they, they finished and, it. And yeah, it was four or five. I forget. Uh, uh, basically, it was half a decade. You know. Yeah. And um, you know, it was fun too because that was that was the first time. You know, it was a it was a, a very big sweeping orchestral cinematic. Yeah, or where we use the live orchestra every week, just like we do with Empire. Yeah, and that's the other thing I've been really fortunate with, is is to be able to use a lot of live orchestras, even in my TV stuff. Yeah, um, 
rather than sort of being stuck in, you know, trying to trying to fake it. Uh, yeah. We're fortunately, it feels like that to some extent is going away a little bit, and people are starting to realise the value again of of real musicians. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the the alternative is just a little bit emotionless. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, so yeah, so it's it's you know, I've been I've been lucky, man. I'm I'm yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm uh, I get to I get to watch movies all day and <laughs> make stuff up. Yeah. No, it's it's a nice life, I'm sure. <laughs> it's good. Even yeah, I mean, even if you, it's it's I I always say this to sort of. Um, you know, I get asked a lot by kids who come out of college and stuff, sort of, you know, how you get into it and all the rest of it and what's the most important thing. And, and so, the, you know, there's like a million things you can say about it, but really the most important thing is that you've got to love it because it's, yeah, it, it is really hard work. It's not, I'm not going to lie about that. It's, it's, you know, insane hours and, and, yeah. and a, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I something you love doing. Yeah, then it's it can you know they give you a reason to get out of bed every morning. Yeah, it's not just yeah. about the work. So it's you know that's the first thing. If you don't yeah. like it, do something else for yeah. God's sake. It's way no, too hard if you don't love it. But if you do, then it's a great job. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like life's too short to be doing stuff you don't enjoy. <laughs> oh, bloody right. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I'll let you get back to it because because we've been on sort of half an hour or so. So uh, thank you once again for coming on. And no, thank you. And I'm, I'm sorry I was hard to pin down, but thank you for the rep. Yeah, no, no, it's I, I know how busy you get, so it's it's fine. I, I'm uh, I'm just glad we kind of managed to catch up again. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again. When, yeah, definitely. When the next lot of stuff comes out. So uh, all, right, all right, all right, brilliant. take care. Cheers. So that was the interview with Phil. Hope you like that. The um, any more information I get about the the movies, uh, particularly Newtown when it comes out, I will uh, let you know. Um, so now we have just got a few uh, edits and renewals and uh, changes and stuff to uh, to go through. I'll uh, catch you in a moment. So edits and changes and things. Um, it's been an interesting one this week because. The CW uh, basically decided to go nuts and renew absolutely everything. Uh, so for those of you that don't know what uh, CW shows are and uh, where they are over here, that gives uh, renewals to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Rain, which I think is on Netflix over here, Jane the Virgin, um, Vampire Diaries has been renewed, uh, I Zombie, which I'm still amazed doesn't have a, a UK air date yet, but that's been renewed again. Um the 100 has been renewed. Legends of Tomorrow has got a second season. Uh, the Originals has been renewed. Supernatural has got another season. Uh, Arrow has obviously got another season, and so has Flash. So uh, <clears throat> CW have, have just gone through and renewed absolutely everything. So awesome news if you're a fan of, of any of those shows. Uh, I'm really happy to see um, particularly the 100 back, Vampire Diaries being renewed, considering how badly it's been treated over here recently. A number of people have been asking about Vampire Diaries. Um, it's coming back, but they've bumped it until uh, very late on. It's sort of going to be um, late spring, early summer, apparently, on ITV2, which, yes, that sucks, but uh, 
that's just the way it is. The originals, uh, he's disappeared completely as far as we can tell off broadcast TV. The only way you can get it right now is if you go onto iTunes or um go onto amazon or blink box you can buy them per episode and and do it that way or buy a season box set which is about 20 quid and you can buy the whole season that way um but yeah so it's uh it's unfortunate they're not going particularly well over here but uh yeah so at least they are all back and they're all renewed again so good to see those back um couple of other interesting little tidbits nashville um season four of that which i know a number of people have been asking around the reason that it's it's been um delayed and not coming back is because it's no longer going to be airing on i think it was on more four or e4 um originally uh it's not on there anymore it looks like sky living have taken it off them so season four of nashville will be, will be coming on to sky living um colony as well which is another show uh that's uh coming to sky one stars josh holloway from lost and uh, various other things as an fbi agent in a los angeles run by aliens uh this is also has um sarah wayne callies from prison break and uh, walking dead so she'll be in that as well so that's coming to sky one 7th of april at 9 p.m that's turning up and uh, luke cage season one of the Luke Cage show, which is the one of the the set of Daredevil and Jessica Jones and stuff, uh, that will be coming to Netflix apparently on the thirtieth of September. So that's another one to watch out for. A uh, few things to look out for next week on TV. Um, you have um, Black Sails, which. Uh, starts tonight season two of that is coming to the history channel uh, it's already run on amazon but uh if you've been watching it on history that's starting tonight on history channel uh blind spot uh season uh one part two that returns tonight at 9 p.m on sky living so that comes back uh big bang theory that's back on thursday this week 17th of march at 8 30 so that picks up for the second half of season nine uh, there is a mini series called Childhood End, uh, based on an Arthur Clarke novel that's coming to Sky One on the 17th of March at 9 pm. Uh, Houdini and Doyle uh, comes to ITV Encore, that's at 17th of March at 9 pm. I think that may be kicking around on some of the preview channels on Sky, I believe I've seen it about, so that's possible. Uh, Daredevil, um, season two of that comes on the 18th of March, um, so that will pop up on your Netflix if you uh, have Netflix, so that's I'm definitely looking forward to. Chicago Med, season one of that is starting on the Universal Channel on 20th of March at 9pm, and um, Roth Kemp's Britain, which is him doing what he usually does abroad, but doing it in Britain, looking at uh, gangs and uh, immigration and various problems in Britain that starts on the 22nd of March at 9pm so yeah sorry for the shortened show this week hopefully we'll be back to normal and my health will be a bit better uh, I will uh, talk to you next week bye bye Bye. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.